You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now, please, get off this planet. Well, you still have a choice. Hey there, and welcome to Earth Station Who. That's right, folks. We're back for episode three. That's right, three of season 12 of Doctor Who. We are talking all about Orphan 55. So we get to go on vacation with the Doctor and her fam, which is never turns out the way they expect it to be. And it'll be interesting to talk about. I hope we can make it more than 15 minutes, so it'll be cool. <laughs> so we got a great crew to talk all about it. Of course, let's welcome Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you this week, sir? Peachy keen. And of course, we have the lovely and talented Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. And joining us once again is Kirby Bartlett Sloan. Hey. All right, so we have a good show to talk all about this week. I said that very tongue-in-cheek, and <laughs> so it'll be... Benny, Benny, Benny. <laughs> oh, I felt bad for her. Okay, we'll talk all about that in a second. Uh, remember, there will be spoilers in this episode, so if you haven't watched Orphan 55 yet, consider yourself lucky. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean you will be spoiled. Yeah, well, it it was spoiled, all right. Mm, yeah, I I really wanted to like this one too, and I really, really did. But it makes last week's look like masterpieces. Get it? <laughs> Get it? Masterpieces. Hey, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Hey, yeah, all part of Chibnall's evil plan. Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, well. We definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. So please write us at EarthStationWho at ESONetwork.com. Tell us what you guys thought about this one. Um, you know, definitely would love to hear how this stacks up against last season's episodes, against what we've seen so far about any, you know, past episodes when the doctor's going on vacation. We actually just recently did Midnight not that long ago on the show. Oh, my God, a million times better episode. Yes, so much better. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, we thought Ryan was going to fall in love. Oh, so let us jump if in. Only Ryan had fallen in love and left the TARDIS. Yeah, stayed behind with the rest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So this originally aired the 12th of January, 2020. And, of course, Jody is the doctor, along with Ryan... Yes, and our best friend in the whole world, <laughs> Graham. Graham. This is all Graham's fault. This episode, by the way, because yes. he put, took a, he won the trip to on vacation. 
So you put the coupons together. Exactly. I want to know the economics of those coupons. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it kind of kidnaps you, you know, on vacation. You know, I've. It takes you through time too, I guess. Well, it's the TARDIS, of course. So you don't know when in time this takes place. And basically the doctor and his crew or her crew, sorry, force of habit. Sorry. Yeah. Go to tranquility spa uh, via transport cube. And then the fun begins right. As soon as they get there, Ryan gets a virus and not just a virus, like a, a, hopper, a virus. hopper virus. That was actually uh, funny. I like that. Mm-hmm. That was that was interesting, and I definitely, you know, I think that was one of the highlights of this one for me. <laughs> right in the first five five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> See, then it was all downhill from there. <laughs> See, seeing Ryan get a virus was the highlight for you. That's that, that, <laughs> that's not surprising to me at all. No, it was another one where Yaz was pretty much worthless. They all were useless. Yes, yeah, did nothing. Once again, can we get a broom? <laughs> can we just get a broom? Because I'm sweeping out, <laughs> they're they're all just useless. Well, they were doing. Some, well, can we get a broom for the writers? Because it's it's not the actors; it's the writers. There's three of them, and they don't know what to do with any of them. Like that's what really annoys me. It's like. You know, it's not a question of, oh, well, this one didn't get a... Like, it, we can't even say that Graham's, like, taken over this season because even he's been relegated to being just useless. Just I mean, outside nothing. of him putting together the the uh, the invitation and them getting zapped, he does nothing else. Like, I just... Like, none of them do anything to, yeah. to further well, they, further the plot or the storyline, you know? I think they well, try is... they try to get Ryan to do something with the subplot with Bella, but it's su- such a stupid subplot that does nothing to ad- advance the story. Mm, they both were sucking yeah. their thumbs. Yeah, th- they're just both useless. <laughs> well, this is from the same writer that gave us our talking frog last season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, we had to go there. Okay. But yeah, it was, you know, we have talked about this multiple times. It's not the actor's fault at all, you know, for these episodes being bad. It's the writing and it's Chimnal. Well, I I can't, I can't, well, yes, I can't, we can't blame the actors because we really haven't. Well, with Bradley, I know that I've seen him do competent work. The other two, I've never seen them in anything else. So I have nothing else to compare them to. I can only hope that they're above this material, but yet um, there's, they've done nothing to help us prove that. Um, They certainly don't, you know, I think out of all of them, Jody is the only one that rises above it. Um, Really. Well, she was Um, great once again, though. I agree with and you. even yeah. even see she even she struggles at times but um but she, I think it's to her credit that she rises above the material that she's given and she's the only one that's that's doing that yeah she and she is trying so hard in this episode I mean she is selling it every step of the way even though she is saddled with the clunkiest dialogue just hours of exposition. I mean, you know, the tenant of writing a show, don't tell. And and throughout the whole thing, she's practically narrating the episode, trying to make sense of this whole con- incoherent mess. 
and uh, and I give her credit for for you know really really selling it. But it is just it, it's so badly written that it just go it it goes nowhere. It is the, it, the explanation is, of what an orphan planet was given twice in. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah, when the second time I'm like, didn't we already answer this? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, my 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 word for this episode was disappointing because I feel like we have Jodie Whittaker is a treasure. She's like the most. The, she's a wonderful actress. She's a great doctor, and for her to be saddled with this kind of material is just disappointing. Well, and and I'm gonna uh, you know echo that, and on on top of that, skip to the end because the 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 message that she gives at the end is so powerful and she delivers it so well that it really makes me forgive a lot of the crappiness of this episode um i shouldn't but it does um because she delivers it so well and i know that you know on the one hand i know what they're trying to do um uh, I, I didn't feel that it was like a you know i mean yes it had problems but I saw a lot of them I could oversee um, and, and it just wasn't rising above what, what I would expect from uh, this series. So um, I kept thinking that it was going to be cleverer than it was like about, let's see, I think by the time they made it to the tunnels, I kept thinking, Oh, maybe this is like some sort of like Westworld thing where, because it didn't seem like, it seemed like there were a lot of people dying, but it didn't seem like anybody really like gave it much uh, gravity, much consequence. Yeah. Right? Oh, there goes another guest. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So nobody, I thought, well, maybe this is cared. some sort of like Westworld world where they're all signed up for these like, you know, adventures or whatever. And it's not really, they're not really in any danger. You know, I thought there was going to be some twist there because we never saw what happened to anybody. You know, and and yeah. a lot of times you're like, well, that's really you know cool because like as, you know, as, as as Hitchcock says, just let it, people think about it, and it's going to be worse than anything they could do that they could show. But in this case, it did nothing to. I mean, they didn't they didn't even give us a hint. It was just like, oh, people are disappearing, and we had no idea what was happening to them. Um, so you didn't was, know if they were being eaten, just killed, whatever. Right. You don't know what was happening to. So. like Benny. Yeah. Yeah. The Benny was the first, the, you know, perfect example. But even before that, when, when guests started disappearing, um, like I said, you just weren't, we didn't know what happened to them. Um, so we saw a couple of people react, but I mean, that wasn't, I don't think that was strong enough. Uh, well, so, I, w- I will say this. Yaz has the best horror look on her face. We've seen it multiple times on the show so far, <laughs> but you know, she, we just got to see it again tonight. Oh, when the woman goes? Yeah, when, when the Benny's, old lady when goes. When Benny's uh, uh, would-be fiancé goes? Exactly. Yes. The, the best horror uh, face, though, was the doctor when uh, Graham mentions his Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. when after he said that, his multiple think, ones. After that, yes. nothing scarier I think we than all, that. we all were wearing the horror look. Yeah, that was, that was the most horrifying thing about the episode. <laughs> Good call there. Um... Yeah, so I just, you know, I it's just one of those things where it's like it, it's tough because 
you know, the message is there. Obviously, it's not a a new, you know, I mean, heck, I just saw Planet of the Apes, you know, it was the same kind of thing. It's like, oh, my God, they blew it. Like, it's the same thing. Although it's the same exact thing. almost. Well, yes and no. I they did. I did really notice in this one, you know, like a lot of people are talking about it's about climate change, whatever. But this one really uh, makes a point to blame those in the like one percenters that are in charge of everything it like it it seems to go out of its way to suggest that they are more at fault you know and and i and i thought that was kind of interesting instead of just society in general messing up and not caring this this seemed to be saying and you know it's the people that are in charge that are really uh responsible for this it seemed like it was a real direct um finger pointing I just found it really heavy-handed. Sure. I felt like I was sitting in a lecture, yeah. an endless lecture. And I mean, I absolutely agree with the message. And I I have nothing against having a message uh, as part of the story. I actually love it when they when they when a story and a message work together, but but you can't you can't make the message more important than the story. They have to be like co-equal partners and they have to kind of drive each other. And I mean, in this one, I just felt like over on this side, everybody's running around. And on this side, the doctor's lecturing us about climate change. And I, uh, Jody sold it. She did it well. I, I agree with that. But I just, I just think it was clunky writing. There, there were a lot, I saw a lot of comments online of people complaining that uh, Doctor Who shouldn't be doing anything like this with the lecture and everything and yet this is the green death they've been doing this all along <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, always, they, they haven't they've they've always, been watching they've always been over 50 <laughs> years worth of this come on always. guys yeah. I, I, yeah I think i think it's as mary pointed out this is just so bloody obvious that i think yeah. i think that's more insulting than the actual message right i mean yeah. and 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 when it's you know when when she's saying things like you know it's not decided um, you know, you forget how powerful you are. You can, you can, you can choose, you can do something. It, it seems like empty words when the people around her are not, are just useless and not doing anything. Like, like it's, it's like Mary said, it's like, you have to show us, don't just say this. Like the, the speech is a good one, but unless the characters are doing something that proves that this, this is capable that we're capable of this, then it it just falls on deaf ears. Really, it just does. It's empty words. Oh, very much so. I'm going to throw something out. The these monsters looked very familiar. They looked very similar to the creature that the Doctor and Rose were chasing after at the beginning of Love and Mo- and was it Love and Monsters? Love and Monsters. Yeah, yeah that's a hoax. They looked like crosses between a hoax and weevils from Torquay. Yeah. Very much so, and it was. Just, I, I like the the look of them. The, oh, they were they were good. Yeah, I didn't. I thought the effects on the monsters were actually pretty good. I mean, they didn't. The monsters were nothing really, but I mean, they weren't developed in, in character wise in any yeah, way. Yeah, there was the effects. Now, what, what the effects were good. I mean, there's nothing left on the planet. What do they eat? Each other? Humans? I don't know. Yeah, we don't even know yeah. if they're eating people. Yeah, like, yeah, because we didn't see anything. Exactly. I don't. I don't know that they were eating people for food. I like. I don't know what they were doing with people. So, um, you know, apparently it was something horrible. 
but we have no idea what it was. So, yeah, obviously that's not their main source of substance. Um, but they were doing something with the people because you didn't see bodies laying around the station when everyone was running no through. Blood. Sure. No blood. They were they were carrying them away to, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they were just more locks, basically. I mean, yeah, oh, exactly. Are. That's exactly right. It was basically, you know, the time machine. No pun intended. It, it's interesting. It's interesting to me, sorry, Kirby. Uh, it's interesting to me, though, that, I mean, this is not even the first time we've seen, like, Earth. You know, it's this big revelation that this is Earth, right? Where it's like, I mean, we've seen plenty of stories uh, in Doctor Who where, you know, the Earth doesn't make it. Like, the Earth is not a is not a happy place to be in the future. Uh, there's a lot of different, I don't think we've, I'm trying to think of any time where we've, where we've seen a future where the earth was cool. Like usually it's either destroyed or um, colonists have gone some other places and, and created a new, new earth or whatever. Well, exactly. Um, Cause what, they're, they're escaping a place. So, well, yeah, exactly. So, Cause yeah. if you think about the, it, this was, you know, this could have been the time of on earth when the doctor and Amy were seeing the giant space whales and everything because they said earth was evacuated because of the radiation storms Mm -hmm. and you know and that also touches it back to the tom baker era same thing because with the space station yeah and and even though you know the earth is in this case uh not inhabitable because of the situation that we put it in i mean we all know that science-wise, the Earth is limited in terms of how long it's going to be around. And we are going to, at some point, need to get off the planet if we want to survive as a, as a race. I mean, that's just, I mean, our sun's going to go and we have to move somewhere. So, so the Earth is going to be destroyed. I mean, uh, so, you know, if you go far enough in the future, you're going to see that. Um, and Rose did. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you just have to go to the second episode. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, true. So, uh <laughs> So, um, you know, I mean, it's not a shock to say that, you know, oh, my God, or they, they, they seem so upset about it. And yet it's inevitable. You know, that's the thing that I mean, obviously, it's more upsetting to know that we did we didn't do something about it and uh, and that kind of thing. And, and yes, that kind of does suck. But we have no real indication here of how far in the future we are. You know, if we're transported through time and space through this an invitational device we have no idea so it must be well it must well i don't know i don't know where we are in the beginning so uh and you know i mean we've seen several times several times where the doctor takes his companion someplace even intentionally to be a relaxing trip and it never works out that way i mean that's you know i mean you know you never invite sherlock holmes for dinner because someone's gonna die like it's just (laughs) 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 you know or angela fletcher for that matter you know it's like (laughs) you know and it's not um so I like the fa- I did like the fact that they didn't even waste any time like you know with like they they were I don't know relaxing for all about 3 minutes before uh, uh shit started going down so it's like they, we all knew something was going to happen and they just got right to it and uh at least I I appreciated the immediacy of that it's like just don't give us this like you know 50 minutes in oh my god something's happening Mhm I started a list of uh other Doctor Who stories that 
I got hints of in this as well. The main two were Mysterious Planet and Leisure Hive. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Well, yeah, Midnight. Midnight. That emoji uh, one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the spawn peril trope is alive and well in Doctor Who. Oh, well, God, not yes. Not so well. Well, think about it. Even at the beginning of the five doctors, the fifth doctor took Tegan and Turlo to this planet in the Eye of Orion to, you know, which is the most relaxing planet in the galaxy. So they could all chill out. And then he started having himself ripped apart. <laughs> yeah. If you're a companion and you, and a doctor tells you we're going on vacation, run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's pretty much true wherever they're going, right? Yeah. Um, I suppose there are times where it doesn't happen, and those are the times we never see or read about because they're not there. It's that exciting. But it does kind of just give us this one impression like, yeah, if you travel <laughs> with the doctor, you're going to, you know, it's your heart. endless torment. <laughs> your heart is going to be racing. <laughs> that's why, like, at the beginning of the season when Graham's, you know, at the doctor's, I'm surprised the doctor didn't realize uh, didn't register any sort of high levels of anxiety, cardio, like that kind of thing. Cause I'm like, dude, he's been traveling with the doctor. Like he should be in all kinds of weird shape. Yeah. That actually would have been funny if he had turned and said, you know, <laughs> I think you need to cut down on the stress a little bit. It's like... Exactly. <laughs> I want to see the story with the deep space squid that they were cleaning up. At. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad when the uh the the let the tentacle jokes proceed. Exactly. Boom. If only that squid would have won. Oh well. But then, you know, it was interesting cuz they also touched on it. The doctor's still in a mood. Obviously, the picking up from the end of last episode. Sure. I think that's the only thing we've got as a as a tie through line for that. Yeah. Mhm. Exactly. That and the fact that there's they're starting not to trust her. Um more so. Um because, you know, not only do when they find out that it's Earth, you know, I think Yaz says, How long did you know? Like they're asking questions like they don't they're they're second guessing her. They're they're really not trusting her. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think that the doctor knew before they ran across the Russian side. Oh, I I'm sure. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Well, you know, when they got out of the space van or whatever you want to call it, space van. you know, and there was barbed wire, you know, used to stop it. It was like, wow, that, it looked kind of like, you know, Earth. That van reminded me of, of a 70s movie. What was it? Damnation Alley. Yes, very much so, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, look, I think, and also, you know, just to point out more inconsistencies, it really kind of was stupid and sloppy when at the beginning of the episode, you know, the doctor goes in and fixes their, um, neural uh, net or whatever their neural net. Right. And, uh, you know, someone's like, I think the person's like, like, how could you fix that? And she's like, you know, I could, you know, how can you recreate that? And she's like, I can create you if you give me enough. Uh, ingredients or whatever and then later on when the transporter oh only one person can fix the transporter i'm like are you kidding me like you just told us like 40 minutes ago that the doctor can fix anything and now there's this (laughs) this transporter that only one person actually the kid can fix yeah well the kid is the brains of the outfit just terrible writing happens at the hopper virus 
is the only thing that could fix it too. Yeah, it just seemed they, like they were lucky they had the hopper virus. Yeah. Well, duh. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah, that was that kind of sloppiness is like that. Yeah, that doesn't help matters at all. Um, well, it's also even the costuming was sloppy. Like hyphen with a three, she looked like a bad reject from Cats outtakes. And <laughs> I was like, thinking more like, like Barf from Spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> and then, and then it's like they're aliens. All we have to do is give them green hair. Sigh. Mm-hmm. Make a green hair joke. Yeah, I was kind of, it, you're right, Mary, now I think about it, it was kind of disappointing that they were just lazy, because usually you get like, and this felt to me like a very watered down tenant episode to me. Um, you know, I was thinking of the um, the one where they're on the, the Titanic or whatever, and I'm thinking at least we had interest in alien character species characters that we oh, could voy- yeah, voyage of the damn. right that we could kind yeah. of like follow and be entertained by but here it's just it's just kind of like your typical you know badly written tourists and it just uh didn't do anything for me um yeah and that in that case it felt more like a uh john nathan turner script or something <laughs> Yes, yes. Let's blame J and T. No, that's a good way to put it, actually. There's no character development at all. No. Nothing. Not not among the companions, not among the the other characters. I mean, they're so superficial. Oh, exactly. And I could have cared less if the mother came back at the very end to save her the daughter. Oh yeah, that was a stupid subplot anyway. Mm -hmm. It's like, eh. (laughs) you know, it's just like, I just, it's it's just getting stupider and stupider as the episode went on. It's like, I don't care. I really don't care. It's like Bella betraying Ryan should have been this big moment. We should have been like, (gasps) but nope, we don't care. (laughs) Don't care at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Bella's uh, terrorism thing didn't make sense either. Came completely out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially because it was kind of inferred that she was the responsible for the viruses, and yet she was sitting there sucking her thumb. I'm like, did she get a virus? Like, I, I, yeah. yeah. She she, she handled the virus. Uh, She mishandled her own virus. That's how that happened. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm. How'd you do? Like, you know, you had to be smart enough to figure that out, though, you know, because the story didn't tell us. Not yeah. not, not smart enough. You just had to care. Exactly. That's a good, better yeah. way to put it. <laughs> they, wow. We're, yeah. we're tearing this one apart. <laughs> well, sorry, folks at home. It deserves it. Yeah, yeah it really does. It was, it was horrible. One of the worst stories I have ever scene ever let me show you a couple colin baker stories first <laughs> oh it's right up oh, there know, with sleep no more it, wow. it, yeah mr sandman <laughs> yeah and here i here i was hoping that you know i was actually looking forward to something we were gonna get that wasn't written by you know chibnall and we just go even worse into it and it's like i i don't yeah i i don't I don't know what the future of this series is, really. It makes me wonder, because we're three episodes in, you know? 
um that's what um a uh, a fifth of the series right yeah, we so only far? have seven more weeks of this yeah seven more weeks and we wasted three right so um i don't think we wasted three i actually no, we didn't no waste. i enjoyed last two episodes yeah okay well good for you well exactly good for me <laughs> and i was entertained but this week no i was not <laughs> well, the, this week's looked good. I mean, the the Tenerife uh, locations were nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree, and you know, the giant, you know, I guess quarry, quarry. Uh... Yeah, there was a bit of <laughs> no, quarry running. No, that's that's uh, uh, Mount T. TD? Yeah, it was a dormant volcano. So, but it looks like a quarry. It might as well have been a quarry. Exactly. Um, and they had a giant, you know, like looks like the kingdom or something there. You know, it was just... that's, that's the auditorium in Tenerife. Okay, so you say. <laughs> but yeah, there was a, a couple moments where they, you know, I think the writer was like really clever, thinking, "Oh my god," you know, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, it's his, it's her mother." Oh wow, or "Oh my god, Orphan Fifty Five is Earth," and mm-hmm. it's just they just fell flat. Yeah. Now, one thing that, another thing of many that didn't make sense was they ran across that that pristine uh, label. It said "Made in China." Yeah. And oh yeah, what? what? I mean, if if this is post apocalyptic Earth, why is there a pristine made in China thing? Yeah, a candy machine of all things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. That just it didn't make sense. Yeah. No, and it's gonna be funny because when they you know had the whole thing. That you know, we're saying where the people abandoned the planet and stuff like that. I started thinking Firefly about the Earth that was, and it ended up turning out to be Earth. <laughs> so, <laughs> Spoiler alert! Exactly, it's like it's Earth. It's Earth. Wah, you, just, wah. you just expect. I I expect so much more, especially since they seem to have taken so uh, so much more time to make this season. You know, like they had a lot of time. To make this season and i thought okay they're gonna you know things are gonna be better things are gonna look like they are they put the time and effort in and it just it just goes to show you if you don't have a good foundation if if, if the writing isn't good then it's pretty hard to pull off a decent episode right if you build have a shitty foundation you're still gonna get a crap house and that yeah. and that you know and that that points right to uh the relationship between the doctor and the three companions like if if they were entertaining capable intriguing etc etc but this this show has not done its due diligence in giving us companions that we care about um uh, they're it's a pain it's painful at at times because they just you know, you want well, them to you want them to die or be left behind or be replaced by somebody <laughs> else. I mean, legitimately, you don't mind because there's there you're not. I'm not invested in any of these three people, and I've been hanging out with them for you know. Did you really uh, care though season. about Nardo and Bill? Yes, you did. Oh, I I did. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. God, okay. yes. I would absolutely say I yes. love Bill and Nardo is yeah. great. Okay. Good. So, I mean, I'm not saying I, I, I'm not saying I compare about, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, I still don't, I wouldn't put them at my, as my worst companions ever. 
Um, but they're down the list. They're not. They're not anywhere close to the top. That's for sure. I mean, we we could have had Mel in this episode. Oh God, no, no, I'm not going that far. Oh God, I just threw up in my mouth. Okay, <laughs> because because at least they, you know, at least you know, I can listen to them without wanting to, uh, you know, claw out my ears. Just think, <laughs> you could have gotten, of course, Graham in a speedo. <sighs> Thank you. That's all I needed to say. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> and on that note. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> so were there anything, you know, that we did like? You know, was there any positive other than Jody? I'll put it that way. Oh, we'll see. I was going to say Jody. <laughs> I know. Well, as Kirby pointed out, I mean, I thought the effects, the location were good. The the And I think uh, we all pointed out that the, the aliens looked kind of cool. I don't know if I was agree. I liked the way they were shot all the way, but um, and and some of the directing behind them. But I mean, they they were kind of interesting looking, and uh, I'll give them that. You know, as far as Doctor Who monsters go, we've certainly seen far far worse. Um, and yeah, that's about say, it. When you bring up that we didn't talk about the directing much, but I thought the directing was also pretty bad. Sure. Oh, yes. I agree with that. Episode. The camera angles were just bizarre. Well, even the scenes <laughs> going points. one scene to the next didn't even move smoothly. No, it was really choppy. Yeah. It was. Well, and the best case of point of that is, like I said, we, we, we didn't feel like we were in danger. We didn't feel like, I didn't feel like those, those monsters were threatening because I couldn't even get a glimpse or a hint of what they were doing. And, and that's bad directing. I mean, you can write, you know, someone's writing down, like, you know, the monsters are taking out guests left and right and all that kind of stuff, but it's up to the director and the editor to like make that, make us want to hide behind the couch. Right. And they, Mm -hmm. you don't even feel that at all. You could run away from them quite easily. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. You could. And these people and that, must have I mean, been stormtrooper trained for shooting. Come on. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, a good director actually can almost get by bad writing. I mean, they can really elevate bad writing uh, to at least make it enjoyable. But that that is not what happened here. <laughs> no. Nope. 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 So, I just. I don't want to keep on tearing this apart and everything. Any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? <laughs> wow. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead. One out of five TARDIS is Kirby. You get to go first since you're our guest. One. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> Now, now, I don't want, I I don't want to see this one again, and yet I have to watch it again for uh, the twenty megabyte Doctor Who podcast this weekend. Oh, oh, I feel for you. Actually, I may not watch it again. I'll say I couldn't stand. It. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's okay. uh, that's pretty telling right there. Okay, then. All right, Mary. Oh man, I wish I could give it negative numbers. But I will also say one because I just, it's a complete and utter failure. It really is. The directing, the writing, the acting isn't even all, all that great on some, some levels, except Jody. Jody's fantastic. So she pulls it out of negative territory. But other than that, it's just, it's just a complete and total mess. Okay. 
that could put me a possibility. All right, Mikey. Um, you know what? I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say that the, like I said, the, 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 the quote at the end, um, you know, if you, if I took that on its own without reference to anything in the episode, um, the, her delivery of that felt like, um, felt like a doctor moment. And I haven't been getting a lot of those from her in this series. So, I really appreciated that. I thought this was, you know, a very, very cool doctor moment. And I love it when, when the doctor has these things uh, to say. Um, I'm not happy about how we got there, uh, but I like the fact that we got there. And because of that, uh, I'm going to go as high as give this a three. Okay. That's totally fair. Um, wow. I'm going to give this one a two and a half. I would have gone lower if it was Colin's doctor, maybe. But Jody actually saved it for me and agreed. I did like what she said and, you know, how she said it. The future is not written yet. And, you know, you have people, you know, your politicians and blah, blah, blah. They're trying to make the political statement. and is too little too late was my thought for that. And so it got a two and a half. I don't like going below a three for Doctor Who, but this one deserved it. It was a true stinker. Were any of these actors in it somebody we were actors we were supposed to know? Yes. Or anything? Yeah, I actually had heard a lot of people were disappointed and uh they were really excited, I should say they were really excited for Laura Frazier. Um, uh, appearance on the show and a lot of people were disappointed by that um, she's been I mean she was in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and she's done a bunch of other stuff that uh, that a lot of people know her from uh, you know um, so I know that she was one there's um, uh, one of the guys I think the green haired dude was a is a comedian a YouTube comedian star or something like that James Buckley uh, yeah he's a stand up comedian and the and the 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 boy Silas was in his dark materials. So they, they had some people that I think made this uh, for some people compelling. Um, and, and, and there was a level of excitement about it, but, um, but, and I just want to like, um, you know, I know we, um, I was, I meant, I guess I should have mentioned this with final thoughts or whatever, but you know, as far as Dr. Who being heavy handed and, and all that kind of stuff, I, I sometimes, I don't mind, like, you know, I think, I think sometimes subtly doesn't work. I think sometimes people need a slap in the face. I think it does need to be heavy handed at times. And uh, I I don't mind that at all, Um, especially in today's environment when it seems like so many people are not effing getting it right. The message is not being heard. So if, if some shows are, are taking it upon themselves or things are taking it upon themselves to try to get that message out as quote unquote heavy handed as that may be, then God bless them. At least they're trying to fight the good fight. And, um, you know, I'm not going to come down on a show for that, but when it, when it, it does so in a, in a, in a kind of empty way, um, and a, not an entertaining way, then that's, that's a problem. But oh, as, exactly. far as, the, as far as the message goes, this is a message that people need to hear. It's relevant now. It was relevant when Rod Sterling did it and, and, and Twilight Zone and, 
and in Planet of the Apes and that kind of thing. It's it's even more relevant now because we didn't listen back then. And, and you know, I mean, I don't know how much more louder this messages like this have to be like shouted before people kind of go, oh, well, yeah, okay, let's, uh, let's do something about that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you that there's, it, there's nothing wrong with using a platform such as Doctor Who to deliver a message. And I think that's a very important message. And, and I can applaud them for, for being willing to go there. I just wish they had done it in a better way. Me too. Me too. No, agreed. Well, we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Address everything to Mike Gordon, of course. <laughs> All <laughs> you know, flame mail at, goes to. <laughs> exactly. At earthstationwho <laughs> at esonetwork.com. Oh, uh, one thing with, with this one, one more time. My, I watched it last night with my oldest daughter, and she loved it. So there you go. Really? Hey, hey that's, you know what? That's, that's okay. Okay, there we go. That's okay. That's okay. And I, and I appreciate that. And I'm glad for that, you know, because I'm glad to see that it's, it, you know, that it's resonating with somebody. Um, yeah, I, I did not tell her my opinion of it before we watched it. I just sat down with her and because we're watching everything. You know, it was, it was funny though, because Judy wanted me to watch it before her because she was doing some other stuff. I am so glad I didn't. <laughs> I am so glad I just waited to watch it the one time. Because I don't know if I'll watch this one again. But, you know. All right, folks. Uh, we will be back again next week, hopefully with a better episode and more positive attitude. We're going to be talking all about Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. It should very interesting to see. I love that title. Oh, the, just the title, the title alone. I, I, I love the idea of the Doctor and Tesla meeting. I love that. I'm like, fingers crossed, do not F this up. Mm-hmm, exactly <laughs> this, this could be yeah. one of the coolest moments in doctor who history and i just wish i had more confidence in the crew that's delivering these kind of things yep agreed so of course we'll be back you could find us of course up on itunes stitcher radio wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts we will be there uh, my name is mike faber let me thank of course kirby for being here tonight I'm- Glad that to be on. Thanks for taking one for the team, Kirby. <laughs> it's always good. <laughs> it's always awesome. Where can we find you, Kirby? I'm uh, one of the crew on the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. It's 20MB uh, Doctor Who podcast, uh, which is based out of the Isle of Wight. I'm one of the token Americans <laughs> there. Uh, and um, right now we're going through these same stories but when we're not talking about new doctor who uh we are going through all doctor who from we started at the beginning about three years ago and we are currently in peter davison's era awesome there. so hopefully you'll have fun talking about this one again <laughs> so yeah thanks for joining us on a wonderful occasion <laughs> and mr mike always great to talk to you sir and as always, it's my pleasure. And Mary, thanks for putting up with us tonight. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. It's always fun to talk with you guys, bad Doctor Who or no. Exactly. You know, any Doctor Who is always fun to talk about. And trust us, oh, yeah. we have a lot of bad Doctor Who to talk about still on the show. <laughs> so, And I don't mean the season. We don't know anything that's happening on the season. So until then, we will be back next week. 
See you all then. Peace and have fun traveling through time. Boom. Done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. This is a Nerdlanta flashback featuring comic book artist Lawson Chambers. Whenever people reboot things, there's this instinct to make it darker and grittier. Yeah. And they're like, we don't need to see a darker, grittier Sonic the Hedgehog. That is wild to me. That like, in the, our modern age, that our trailer for a movie could come out and fans could go, no, we hate the way that little blue man looks. Change it. <laughs> New podcast episodes will be available soon. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.